on this week's episode of Poke and Kush. It's playoff time in the city. We've got a full breakdown of the Pelicans' path into the postseason and then getting to the first round with the Phoenix Suns. Break down that matchup A to Z. Plus, we've got the worst first date in the history of New Orleans, which is saying an awful lot. And if you don't like birthday parties, this episode is for you. Stick around. We've got it all right here. Polk and Kush. Catch these hands. You're about to get shook. The truth is getting split by Polk and Kush. 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 About to get served to play to your own ass. It's time for the Polk and Kush podcast. Polk and Kush. Polk and Kush. Come everyone to Polk and Kush. It is Tuesday, April 19th, 2022. And ho baby, hum baby, hill baby, we got a playoff series to watch. I am Scott Kushner alongside my good friend and co-host, Mr. Andrew Polk. How you do, sir? Welcome to the updated Bud Light Lime studio. Oh, yes. The update, not really for the fans. <laughs> I did, I got a Simpsons arcade cabinet in my living room. Uh, just wheeled it in right off the street. Yeah. Uh, probably some kind of burglary that went wrong. <laughs> and I'm reaping the benefits. We got a couple rounds in before the podcast, so we're loose. Uh-huh. We're ready to go. It is uh, pretty cool. So I was kind of have been waiting for when these video game companies were going to start doing this. It's like, yeah. there's clearly a need for the arcades. The uh, original arcades are all starting to die, you know, and uh, and become really rare. There's a very limited amount of them. And now you're starting to see this newfangled thing that you bought, which is like, what, like a slimmed down Wi-Fi connected, but still has the original game and the original kind of joystick and everything it's pretty yeah. sweet it's it's like set up exactly like the ones you played whenever you were a kid yeah uh i found this at walmart and like algiers <laughs> did you look it up or you just happen to be like walking i follow a million simpsons accounts okay. on instagram and somebody posted that they had just found one normally they're 500 bucks they found one for 200 bucks wow they said check your walmart I was like, I'll check some of my Walmarts. (laughs) And the one on the West Bank had it. I brought it home. Merry Christmas, Andrew. Happy Easter. It's my Easter present. That's That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's it it is smart that they made it smaller. It can it it the original one is too bulky to fit in like a real room and like for adults. Um, well, we're both five foot three, so it's <laughs> huge for us. But you can stick it in like the back of a, you know, in like a big closet. Yeah. Or like there's there's ways that men can put this in their houses without their wives hating them. Yeah, there's definitely something about me and this game and being in a big closet. <laughs> how was your uh, How was your Easter? It was wonderful. These. You celebrate both, right? Uh, yeah, you're I mean, dipping in both. Yeah, we get all the holidays. Man. We had uh, this. Tell me, this isn't progressive. On Friday night, we had a seder, and on Sunday, the Easter Bunny arrived. Wow, that is that is knowledge for your children, right there. They uh, were eating matzah and chocolate bunnies. That's same fantastic. weekend, Cadbury matzah. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was great, man. We uh, the seder was lovely. I always forget how kind of just nice it is. Like have a seder, it feels like you know you remember it from. It's a meal you have once a year, and then you're like, oh yeah, I remember when I did this thirty years ago. Like that's kind of cool. That doesn't happen very often for anything else. And uh, and then I got drunk because you have to drink four glasses of wine while you're doing the seder. Oh really? Yeah. So then I watched the Pelicans game Friday night like a bottle of wine deep <laughs> with my parents and uh, and my wife. Uh, and then I had to drink coffee in the fourth quarter because I was not going to make it uh, to the end of the game. And the interviews ended at one thirty in the morning, and I was dead. Man, four glasses of wine. That's how I'd celebrate most holidays. <laughs> that's basically uh, Tuesday here at the Polka State. Dang, that's great. I didn't know about that. Yeah. You're uh, teaching us. Yes, exactly. Just like Jesus would have wanted. <laughs> uh, grand opening, grand closing. Um, and then Easter was lovely. We went to my, you know, some family and kids wore pastel and we ran. And that's, you know, that's life. Yeah, man, there's uh, if you really if you would like to know the most Jewish thing about me, uh, I don't consider myself to be all that Jewish outside of, you know, the general shape of my face um, and my lack of athletic ability. But for four years in a row, from like 2009 to 2012, I showed up for work on Good Friday <laughs> Every single one of those years and had no idea that the office was closed. The, the fourth year, I literally just got to the parking lot and was like, ah, shit. <laughs> like, I did it again. <laughs> the first year, you know, you walk around the halls you're like, what happened? Where is everybody? And by the fourth year, it was just very obvious. Like, oh, I just forget this. You would never know Good Friday was a holiday until Good Friday. Yeah, it's like Julite savings time. <laughs> It's like, well, no one talks about it. No. Like, it never comes up. It's not like cr- Christmas. You have to be a complete moron to not know Christmas is coming. Yeah. And even the 4th of July, like, it's just a very you know, universal thing. Good Friday, like, you would have no idea it was Good Friday unless you talked to someone on Good Friday. Though. Yeah, and the name's a little confusing because that's the day they killed Jesus. <laughs> it wasn't that good. You're like, you sh- it should be Bad Friday, which I think is a movie. <laughs> Friday after next. That's I, what well, I was like asking my fam, like I was asking my nieces. I was like, "Is Good Friday when they killed Jesus?" And they're like, "No, it's when they found Jesus." I'm like, "I don't think so." <laughs> so really, the you know the school system here doing what it should. I just don't. I, I was like, this. I don't understand why this is a holiday if absolutely no one knows it exists. It's like Veterans Day. But no one around here gets off for Veterans Day. That's true. Like, I don't know. Do, do you even know what month Veterans Day is in? Uh, no. Yeah. I <laughs> no idea. So that's why I'm saying. Good Friday. No idea. And everybody else got the memo. I never got the memo. And again, this year, I've told our HR people a hundred times, they also did not send an email this year. The Polk and Kush HR crew? Those, uh, those goofballs. Yes, exactly. We're going to have angry veterans emailing the show. <laughs> We're going to have to... Give them Black Rifle Coffee or whatever <laughs> veterans like. We appreciate your service. Thank you. Yes, we, we would love to celebrate your day if we knew what it was. Do not email the podcast. <laughs> we appreciate your service. Thank you. <laughs> and, uh, you know, my service of the week was uh, watching three Pelicans games. Man, uh, I was tired watching the games. A lot of late tips there. The 8.30, uh, 9.00. 
and then I think 8.30 again. So, uh, And then tomorrow night, uh, or tonight, if you're listening to this on Tuesday. Uh, 8.30. 8.30 again. Yep. So it's going to be late, the whole series, part of being in the Western Conference. Uh, but, hey, they've been entertaining. And the last time we spoke, the play-in tournament had yet to start, I believe. Uh, so let's start there and pick up uh, and going into the Phoenix series. Were you able to make it to the arena for the game on, against San Antonio? No, I did not. I watched it at he, at the Polk and Kush studio. Okay. I watched Clippers at Ale on Oak. Okay. Um, last night, Polk and Kush studio once again. Yeah. For the Suns. The game Wednesday at the arena was the best crowd I'd seen in a long time. Uh, it was not just like a little hyped, like, and it wasn't just full. That place was jumping. Uh, people were really excited. It felt very meaningful. Uh, they were in that position. It was really fun to be a part of and be in the building. The Jose Alvarado thing, you can like feel the love emanating from people toward him. It was, I have long been a skeptic, like since they basically introduced this thing in the bubble of the whole concept of expanding the playoffs. Cause why the hell would you need it when you play this many games? Uh, that turned me into a believer. I mean, it was just a really cool thing. People bought in, it mattered and being single elimination, I think made it really cool. Well, the, the play in tournament definitely helped new Orleans, not just getting into the playoffs, but it gave people games that mattered here mm -hmm. sooner than a playoff series would have, uh, you know, the San Antonio game was sold out it was definitely a playoff atmosphere in there. And around the city, uh, people knew that the game was happening. Yeah. There were a few jerseys yeah. here and there, you know, for players that haven't played the season, but the jerseys <laughs> were out. Uh, I didn't know Jeremy Shockey was on the Pelicans. Saw some of those wandering around uh, the North Shore, mostly. Uh, but it was good vibes. Um, everybody I know that's on the fence about the Pels or is a Zion fanatic or just likes basketball in general or basketball when it's good was uh, locked into this game, tuned in, and... Uh, you know, since then, there are 10 new Pelicans podcasts, 500 <laughs> new Twitter accounts, all the memes. So it's uh, it's good. Uh, what is happening is good. Yes, uh, it does seem like there is uh, growing momentum. There's growing, you know, growing sport. We'll get into all that in later weeks or whatever about what it means to actually be a basketball city, uh, you know, I, there's still a lot to prove uh, as far as that goes, but this as far as being a bandwagon city we got that absolutely like you win we'll show up uh this city is 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 absolutely ready to embrace a winner whenever a winner shows up for it uh and that is basically for everything uh whether it be tulane whether it be uno and certainly with the pelicans uh, if you win at a high clip people will show up people will care and they're ready and waiting to do it they are not going to do it until you do though and that's, uh, I don't think that's a slight against the city no. or anybody. That is just how these things work. Yeah. You don't go see your favorite band, uh, you know. I, I don't think a lot of people that like the first Linkin Park album are still going to see <laughs> Linkin Park. You're like, no, I liked them when they were good. Why would I see them now that they're crappy? Yeah, exactly. Like, why would you see a team that's not good, the team being good enough for New Orleans right now, 
is great. Yeah. And uh, bandwagon, fair, you know, bandwagon is different than fair weather. Sure. I think. Maybe. It just sounds better. Bandwagon would be when things are going well. <laughs> fair weather would be when they're going badly, right? And they all disappear. I, I, I don't fault anyone for it. Look, don't waste your time. They haven't been worth your time most of the last 20 years. They just haven't. Like, they've been pretty bad pretty consistently. They haven't wanted a high enough clip to really be relevant or be fun all that often. And now they're fun, and now you should enjoy it. And it's like, I, you know, respect to those who didn't go jump on the Lakers bandwagon and those who didn't do, you know, and just kind of waited their time. And when things are good, they're good. And and I'm, I get it. I, there was a time in my younger years where I was like, ah, these bunch of douchebags are jumping on at the last minute whatever and it's like especially like when the saints went to the super bowl and it was like every mom and old metairie all of a sudden is you know giving you the you know her take on the starting lineup and you're like all right i this is ridiculous you guys don't actually care like flirtily everything on barfed on everything and uh yeah, I don't care about that anymore. Enjoy it. It's good for the city when those people who are casual get involved. And they certainly became involved Wednesday night. I got downtown at like 6.30. People were already waiting there two hours for a tip. By the time uh, even they came out for warm-ups, the first time I can remember in forever, including those playoff years under Alvin Gentry's playoff series under Alvin Gentry, it was packed, like for warmups, like you know, at eight eight fifteen. Uh, very impressive, really fun crowd. Place was very into it for a Wednesday night at eight thirty. Uh, it was fun, and then of course, Friday, Paul George goes out with COVID. Really opens the door wide open mm-hmm. uh, for the Pelicans. They fall. Uh, they take an early lead, fall behind in the second half, and then come back. And it's basically the story that we've talked about all season, which is that uh, they got some balls in this team. They absolutely do. Um, Paul George, nice enough to be the last person to get COVID. <laughs> what did you do? I talked to like three people this week who have COVID. I guess it's coming back. Are, don't say that. Are they still are, like? Are they still testing people? There's no that's, way. That's what I'm saying. There's no way he got tested by the NBA. Like he must have been trying to go to a restaurant in Los Angeles. <laughs> they like tested him at PF Chang's. He must have like a hundred and four degree fever. Well, I don't. Like, there's no why they're not testing still, are they? I hope they're not testing the Pelicans. That's <laughs> all I can say. Uh, but yeah, that definitely opened up the door for the Pelicans. And in that game against the Clippers, uh, we saw a resiliency that Willie Green has instilled in this team. They went into the fourth quarter down ten. They mm-hmm. won by three or four. And um, a lot of the weaknesses that we saw in that Clippers game, uh, we saw exploited by the Suns, who are one of the best teams, if not the best team in the NBA. And it was a different beast last night uh, when the Pelicans were matched up. Yeah. Uh, The Suns series is going to be, as the kids would call it, uh, a bitch. Uh, they are really good at almost every position. They are way deeper than the Pelicans. They are the best team in the NBA. I mean, I think they're the odds-on favorite to win the title. They are overwhelming favorites to win the West uh, for a reason. And uh, and the fact is that like the guy who gets overlooked on that team is probably their best player, which is Chris Paul. Uh, to this day, he's 37 now or the same age, which is 
out out of control that he's still doing this. Uh, I am like bald and like take walks for exercises, and he is still dominating NBA playoff games. <laughs> and he just. I mean, the Pelicans pulled back within six early in the fourth quarter after they were down by 23, and then he just woke up and roasted them. And it's like, that's the difference of the Clippers, the Spurs, and the Suns. Like, that, they don't have that guy, especially when Paul George is out. Like, none of those teams have that guy who's going to come in and just uh, take your little comeback effort and just smush it into the ground. I mean, that was one of the most impressive performances I've seen in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. You- ever um and i thought that what what really stood out about that was watching it i wasn't like clawing my arm off i wasn't screaming at the tv i wasn't furious because the pelicans were doing everything right (laughs) when chris paul scored 17 of the sun's 19 in a row the pelicans were scoring and they were making difficult shots larry nance had five points in a row to get them to six points and after that, there were some shots in in between, few and far in between, but there was just nothing that you could do. <laughs> no. the, the shots were falling a little more for the Pelicans at that time, and they were getting better looks, and they seemed more confident. They seemed less worn out. That first quarter, they looked tired. Yeah. They looked overwhelmed, and they looked nervous, yeah. which uh, they should be. They played a lot of basketball in five days, They're flying all over the place. They're not at home. Uh, It's everybody except two players first time in the playoffs, Mm -hmm. and you're up against the best team in the league. Yeah, I get it. I thought it was going to be a blowout like uh, Atlanta. Yeah. It was not, and you can't be mad at that. And uh, what you saw also gave you a window to how the Pelicans could win, Mm -hmm. Um, but Phoenix is just a very good team. They're really good, and then you think about, like, you know, you see there's a handful of things you could change to do whatever. It's like there's like six other ways the Suns could have beaten them. You know, like uh, Devin Booker didn't play all that well. Like Bridges and Cam Johnson didn't get hot. Like there's a lot of things that could have happened that they could have beaten you. They just happened to use Chris Paul and just destroy uh, the Pelicans in the fourth quarter. But like you said, that first qu- the first half was like, oh, Jesus, they look shell-shocked. Uh, I think all three of those words that you used there were right. It was like overwhelming overpowered you know like and and it's true and i think charles barkley said it really well after the game he was like look he's like brandon ingram like they're this is the playoffs they have three guys who can guard brandon ingram who is the pelicans best player and they can just pull him and grab him and they have 18 fouls to give and it's like they're just not gonna let him get to his spots and it looked like the pelicans had to fight for their life I think uh, a guy who I follow on Twitter, A. Levy, who I really like, said, you know, he's like, the Pelicans are fighting for their life for every single shot, and the Suns are out there at practice Oh yeah, on the other side. <laughs> it's like, that's what it looked like. It's like, they weren't making everything, but the shots were coming easily. They were all in rhythm. They were all, like, where they were supposed to be. Um, and meanwhile, the Pelicans, to get any look, it was like, bleed all 24 seconds of the shot clock. And credit them because I think they all recognize it, including C.J. McCollum, certainly Willie Green. They were like, they came out more physical than we than we were ready for. And it took a half to kind of deal with it and then get back in the fight. And they did get back in the fight. And a lot of teams would have rolled over. A lot of teams would have just been happy to be there. Be like, all right, game one, flush it. Let's move on. They didn't. And that's kind of the... Uh, the DNA of this team, right? I think that's why people like this team. There's a bunch of rookies, a bunch of guys who should not 
be at this level in the NBA playing these kind of minutes and they come out and they fight and they do not give up. And it is an admirable trait for an NBA team. Absolutely. Um, the Clippers showed uh, kind of how to handle Brandon Ingram. When they were double teaming him, he was able to get the ball out and shots were going in. Jose Alvarado, who I said was going to be the X Factor, yeah. was the X Factor because Lord knows Devontae Graham was not. No. Um, but against Phoenix, when they were double teaming Brandon Ingram, he couldn't get the ball to the open man. Yeah. They were just turnover city at that point. Yeah. And that's because Phoenix is very long. They're very good. They're very disciplined. Yeah. And they were at home. Uh, there's yeah. not much you can do about it. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's fair, and th they're going to have to do something to change up the lineups, uh, the way that starting lineup got just demolished. I, I think he'll probably start with the same five for game two. If it goes as badly as it did in game one, he'll have to mix it up. Even that, I don't think they'll play that many minutes together. Jackson Hayes is sort of ineffective based on the way that Phoenix is defending him. I mean, they had Devin Booker guarding him who's what, like eight inches smaller than him? Yeah. Six inches smaller than him? I mean, They probably weigh the same. Yeah. Look, Jackson Hayes is not going to get an offensive rebound no. against a good team. He's standing in the corner doing nothing because they need space in the paint. They're trying, to, But you're not going to get DeAndre Ayton out of the paint by having Jackson Hayes stand in the corner. You need Trey Murphy out there. But Trey Murphy also sucks defensively. Like, I get it. Like, these are not easy decisions. There's a reason you're playing a team that won, what, 64 games the regular season. Like, it is a mismatch uh, for a reason. This is designed to be that way. But I do think there are things the Pelicans can do to get close. I do think the Pelicans are going to fight. Uh, and, and if you catch it on the right night and you get hot, I think they can win a game. I really don't think they can win two. Uh, there were moments in the first game where it seemed like the Pelicans could make the right moves and make it competitive and maybe sneak one out. Yeah. Uh, it didn't seem as horrific as I thought it would, even <laughs> when they were down by 20. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, at least it's not 30. Yeah. And the the team came out and did what they were supposed to do. Uh, the Pelicans were not supposed to win that game. They put up a good fight and one more in Phoenix and then two more here and... Uh, the city uh, would, I think, go bonkers with uh, a victory here. Literally. Whether it's one or two. Yeah. I, you know, we're already playing with uh, free money. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's house money for sure. Uh, I, and that is the... the I say free money because I like uh, <laughs> that Matthew Lesko guy. <laughs> with the question mark blazer? Yeah. yeah. I was him for Halloween once. Everyone thought I was the Riddler. <laughs> What is it? His whole book was just how to scam the government for free money. Yeah, that's it was. a and he. I mean, probably made tons of money He's, getting other people to scam the government. Yeah, totally. He's still around. I uh, for that Halloween real quick for that Halloween costume. <laughs> I had a bunch of fake money printed out, and it turned like I was throwing it all over the bar, and then people were putting it in the tip jar. <laughs> And the bartender came out, and he was like, I'm going to fucking break your legs if you don't stop handing out free money. I you $20,000. I was like, it wasn't me. I'm dressed up as Matthew Lesko. you $20,000 open up a coffee yeah. shop. So you don't think we're going to see any lineup changes? I mean, the only lineup change is going to be Jackson Hayes yeah. for... Larry Nance or Trey Murphy are yeah. these the contenders? 
I think Trey Murphy is probably the most obvious candidate. They need to add spacing, shooting. They need to give Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum a little bit of room to breathe. Uh, and the only way you're going to do that is by spreading the floor. The only real threat you have out there that's sitting on the bench is Trey Murphy because Devontae Graham is not that guy anymore. And he's even worse than Trey Murphy defensively. Not to mention you can't play, you know, you can't play Ingram, Graham, and. Murphy on the court at the mm-hmm. same time. I'm sorry, Ingram Graham and uh, McCollum on the floor at the same time. So they're in a – it's just a hard spot. As Charles Barkley so eloquently put it when they asked him, what, what would you say if you were Willie Green about how you could win this series? And he said, we're not going to win this series. <laughs> <laughs> he said, what would you tell your team? I would tell them we're not going to win. <laughs> and and the, the – the harsh reality is that is probably true. Uh, and the bar here is pretty low. I honestly don't, as delusional as I think a lot of Pelicans Twitter is a lot of the time, and believe me, they are, you know, there is a whole faction of every fan base, certainly, but definitely I deal with this group more than other people uh, who think that everything's awesome and nothing's ever got. Even those people are like, mm-hmm. oh, we're not going to win the series. Yeah. Like, no one thinks they're going to win the series. And that's fine. Uh, whether or not they win a game is really the question here. And I, I do think they can win a game. I, I, I honestly, I don't think they're that bad off. I think with McCollum and Ingram, they have a, a puncher's chance, you know, for four games. And I don't think they're going to give up down 3-0, which a lot of teams do. Like, when it gets to 3-0, they, the, the team that's, about to get swept, basically starts packing their bags before they ever get to the arena. Well, it does seem like Willie has instilled a sense of pride in this team, and winning one against the possible champions would be a very prideful thing. Yeah. You know, Willie has to say, like, you know, we're trying to win a championship. We're not just happy we are here. Yeah. But they are happy they're there. Sure. And if they can get one more notch in that belt... Yeah. That is huge for the fan base. That is huge for the players. You know, since this team was very, very, very bad, you know, pre-CJ, pre-everything, talking about the play-in was an absurd dream. When when the Pels were three out from, like, a play-in slot, yeah. not incredibly long ago, yeah. we were talking about what-ifs, and that was, that was the reward. That was sure. the goal. Yeah. And here we are. So where do you go from here? Yeah. You just keep giving the fan base a, a little thrill, a little taste of what's to come. Yes. Getting more people in the building, selling more shirts, getting more listeners to Polk and Kush, <laughs> getting more people to DM us nudes. <laughs> the, These are the goals. <laughs> the Pelicans are in the way, are in the playoffs the way that the guy who answers the phone at Goldman Sachs gets to say he works for Goldman Sachs. Yeah. It's like he's not the big, you know, he's not what you'd imagine a Goldman Sachs employee to be. But he does work there. The Pelicans are not what you think a playoff team is, but they are in it. So uh, there's, I don't think they should be. Uh, and they earned it. Yeah, they earned it and they're there and, you know, I think all the checks, the the boxes have been checked. What this has kind of shown me, and this is the, I guess, our last Pelicans point here. Uh, what this has shown me more than anything over the past few games is that this team needs to figure it out with Zion Williamson because they can be good uh, without him. They really can. They can be a good team, 
and that's fine. And for now, that's okay. But I think we've reached what this team is kind of capable of without him. And you need to get him on board. And once you get him going, the ability to like pour gasoline on this fire, uh, the 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 ceiling is the roof, as they say. Absolutely. And and spacing has been a big problem against the Clippers and against the Suns. Valanchunas is getting eaten up in the paint. Yeah. The perfect compliment to him down there that would open up everything would be Zion. Yeah. He's a, he that you would not be able to put two guys on anyone. Uh, if the ability to get to the rim, make DeAndre Ayton or somebody like that work their ass off in the paint, uh, and just you know, uh, just a pure scorer who can beat anyone off the dribble, everything would just be so much easier offensively with Zion there. Uh, I, I just I'm picturing what he how he played last year, and he was so effective, and that team sucked so badly and he was still awesome you know like mm-hmm. it is uh it, it really would be a great thing uh to get him back and i think it is really the hinge point that they have from being like the pelicans that we've known for a long time which is eh, maybe they'll make the playoffs and that'd be great wouldn't that be so fun if they made the playoffs to like oh, shit, like, they're very real, and this team needs to be reckoned with, and, like, when you talk about the best teams in the West, you have to bring up the Pelicans. Like, that is the difference of, like, having the great Zion Williamson there or having the guy who's been sitting in a sweatshirt the entire season. Well, you know, there is some hope. Uh, I heard his dad called into this radio show (laughs) and said that he expects him to play this season. (laughs) I haven't heard too much about it. ESPN hasn't been... God, whenever they there was one shot last <laughs> night where they like showed somebody going to the bench and you could see the camera guy notice that Zion is there and just like move to Zion immediately. <laughs> it was like, like Zion cam. It's like a magnet, you know, probably because that giant chain has, has on is uh, actually attracting the, the polar, the polarity to it. Dude, he's got the least drip of <laughs> Anyone, Spartanburg, South Carolina. He's wearing dude. like a like a M and M's NASCAR jacket. You'd buy it a loves. Somebody get my man some fits. Uh, he that does. means outfits. Yeah, yeah. Is that what that's from? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, on that note, we will take a little break. We'll be back. We've got tons of local stuff going on. We'll get to all that, and of course, your favorite segment. Stick around right here, Polk and Kush. It is filled with juicy jazz, squalling trumpets, and a tiny little crawdaddy. You put Paris in a swamp, and that's Nolans in a nutshell, baby. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm retired from dating. Uh, but when I did it, it was interesting, I guess. Sure. It was mostly horrible. <laughs> you're on the app and, you know, you're like, oh, I like, uh, Imagine Dragons too. Let's, uh, <laughs> go to Juan's Flying Burrito. You get good stories out of it though, right? Yeah. Well, I was, I was hot and heavy on it during the pandemic. Ooh. So really, you remember like, uh, if you smoke, you poke. <laughs> Well, if you're on a dating app during a pandemic, <laughs> you're, you're you, you poke. <laughs> you, you are Jones and pretty hard. 
But I, you know, some stinker dates. None maybe as bad uh, as what happened uh, this weekend here in New Orleans. First date becomes armed robbery when man kidnaps woman, steals her gun. Jesus Christ. (laughs) A first date, probably also a last date. (laughs) Never know. Stockholm Syndrome. By the lakefront. That's a nice place. That's a good place for a first date. Turned into an armed robbery after a man. Not funny. After a man forced a woman to drive him to Metarate Gunpoint and stole her purse, phone, and firearm, NOPD said. Police identified Brian Sanford, 29, as the suspect. They said Sanford met his victim online, and the two agreed to a date when they met up Friday morning in the 8,000th block of Lakeshore Drive. Sanford pointed a gun at the woman, got in her vehicle, and forced her to drive him around. Sanford took her purse, cell phone, and firearm and fled at a location in Metairie, police say. What the fuck? Police are seeking Sanford. They know who this guy is, but they don't have him. Police are seeking Sanford. Oh, I know this guy. He gave us four stars on (laughs) iTunes. I knew that name seemed familiar. Police are seeking Sanford on charges of armed robbery, kidnapping, illegal possession of a firearm, and digital flying. <laughs> yeah, in 2008, Sanford pleaded guilty to one count possession of a firearm by a felon, one count of illegal carrying of weapons, one count of theft under $1,000, and one count of stolen goods. I believe he just did that again. Maybe he saw Double Jeopardy. Oh, yes. The Sean Newton famous movie, yes. Yeah, he, he's, he just did these things to this poor lady. I want to know what the app was. Are you on Bumble? Uh huh. Because on Bumble, the ladies control the conversation. That's true, and therefore it would be her fault. No, we didn't say that. Uh, she. <laughs> I mean, did he catfish her as well, or did he have? Because if he didn't catfish her, she has the photos, and well, they have this guy's name, but this is the NOPD Chief Wiggum. Not going to be able to find this. No, guy. absolutely not. They've got his picture. They've probably got, you know, like the, they can probably get all the information they need from like his phone and whatever uh, from the app. That'll never happen. They, you know, whatever. They need to I, maybe to catch this guy. They're going to have to do sting operations at places where first dates go. <laughs> so you're going to be like the undercover cop at uh Bartani at Dave and Buster's. Yeah, that's where you go for your dates. What's that uh, expensive cocktail bar on Ferret? Cure, cure. Yeah, big time. That's where you can get some criminals on first dates for sure. <laughs> Actually, they're the criminals. Eighteen dollars for goddamn Sazerac. You should be arresting them. Uh, I'm honest. Honestly, this is not to make light of the situation, which I suppose we are. No, I, we aren't. Don't say I, that. I am surprised that this does not happen more often. There are some horrific men in this city and certainly in the world, uh, and they just have a, a, a stream of sitting duck targets who they know they can do this to. I suppose you're giving up your identity a little bit more when you have to go on a date or whatever, but it's like this seems... Uh, 
shockingly easy to do. And I do wonder at what point is it going to become like a normal thing to be like, no, the first thing has to be a group thing. Like you need to send me like, you know, your, you know, give me your social security numbers. So I can run your, uh, yeah. your background check. I don't know. I mean, there is uh I feel like there's been enough bad stuff between this stuff and like horrible crap that like Uber drivers do to women who get in their cars. It is uh it's a minefield out there, ladies. Uh men are men are pretty awful. Now, this could be a situation if if the tables were turned and a woman did this to a man, to a man, I don't think the man would report it. No. So it could be happening. <laughs> Us prideful, <laughs> stupid men. We don't want to say, yeah, I, how'd your first date go? You guys were going to Buffalo Wild Wings? I literally know of four different men who have been robbed by women downtown, all under essentially the exact same scheme, and none of them called the police. I'm guessing that wasn't a date scenario. <laughs> it's not a date. It was not early. And it, well, I guess it was early in the morning, uh, and it was very spontaneous, and it happened to at least four different guys I know and every single none of them reported to the police so I don't know how often it happens that women are doing but it is not set up under the false pretenses of like oh let's meet this nice guy who I think I you know might have a connection with and then sure enough he's gonna go and drive me somewhere against my will and rob me thankfully it's did not was not worse than that that story could have ended a whole hell of a lot worse um but yeah that is uh Good Lord. I think maybe dating. Is it possible that New Orleans becomes a city too dangerous to date in? <laughs> we have become a city too dangerous to drive in. Yeah. So I guess you've got to, you know, that's step one. Step two would be this. I think so. It's We're getting there, man. I don't know. I went to Dave and Buster's. I felt pretty safe. Is that where you go on dates? <laughs> <laughs> I went before the Pelicans game. I had an awesome time. Uh, the, the last time I went, I they wouldn't even serve me. I asked if they had something. They were like, we'll go check. And then the guy, I just saw the guy talking to some <laughs> other guy for like 10 minutes. I was like, all right. Uh, I walked in. I was like, I would like $30 of video games, please. And the lady goes, how about 35 And I was like, all right. Sold. <laughs> She's like, well, you get 70 if it's because it's like double. And she's like, you get 70 if you get 35. I was like, well, if I just gave you 30, would it be 60? She's like, yeah. I was like, all right. <laughs> I was like, we can all do math here. I was like, if I gave you 100, well, would you give me 200? I was like, uh, so, but she sold it. She made the extra $5. You so. don't have to worry about that now. We have the Simpsons game <laughs> at the Bud Light Lime studio. This is all we need, baby. I know. I'm going to be bringing in more games into here that I can't fit into my own home. We got to get an NBA jam, maybe X-Men. Yeah. X-Men. yeah uh, what's it? Golden Tee? Yeah. Yeah. Get a Golden Tee. Big Buck Hunter. I feel like we have a Golden Tee fan base. <laughs> a lot of guys that like to smack the shit out of that little ball. <laughs> it was disappointing that Dave and Buster's didn't have one of those uh, games where you just punch the thing as, as hard as you possibly can. Gotta that go always to half goes, moon. <laughs> that always goes well. You know, let's let's get the most aggressive people we possibly can into this bar. You got to go to Half Moon for that or Shamrock. Oh yeah, we used to kick it. We'd <laughs> hit it with a chair. Somebody's going to shoot the punching machine at Shamrock. I don't know. Ladies, be this lady was safe. She had a firearm. Good Lord. You know, 
Awful. Just awful. Not great. Uh, you know, not all the ladies are innocent, though. Uh, some of the ladies are having problems of their own. Uh, if you happen to be enjoying your Easter and celebrating your Lord and Savior and his resurrection, mm-hmm. uh, and you decided that this was the day that things were going to get better, that this is the day that the world, I'm going to see the world through the, the best possible lens, and you happen to be driving in the corner of Louisiana and St. Charles at, I don't know, noon, <laughs> the middle of the day, mm-hmm. uh, there was a, a, a woman with her pants and her underpants around her ankles, her bra pulled underneath her breasts, she was uh, not uh, in shape, and she was That's shaking okay. her bare privates, twerking them, some would say, uh, at the neutral ground toward passing cars. And for no apparent reason other than just, you know, the love of exhibitionism, I suppose, perhaps the love of bath salts as well. Uh, but it was uh, quite a scene, and I'm not sure if anybody, if, how viral this went. It got sent to me by a friend of mine, and within about 10 minutes, I've had like four other people ask me about it before I had sent it to anybody. Uh, what a wild-ass scene that was. Now, this was Easter Sunday. You said at Louisiana and St. Charles? Yeah, like right by the bank there near the Fresh Market. Oh, yeah. Good McDonald's over there. Yeah, yeah two-story McDonald's, <laughs> yes. This woman was enraptured. Oh, with, yeah. With the, you know, it's it's a holiday. There are parades. There was the, the Chris Owen thing. Maybe she was astray from that. <laughs> The patron saint of taking your clothes off and showing your cooter to strangers. Or this is this is how stuff works now. You know, we don't talk about if there's a commercial now and it's just like, hey, here's our product, buy it. You and I aren't talking about that. (laughs) If there's a product now and it's like buy this product and there's somebody naked on it and they're they're twerking and they're showing everything, we might talk about that. It's scandal. It's a scandalous era. You have to create controversy. We're not talking about the other guy at that intersection <laughs> with a I'm hungry sign. That guy, we don't care about him. We care about the naked lady twerking on Easter Sunday. Yeah. This is guerrilla marketing is what you're calling I think it. so. Was she wearing an Easter bonnet? <laughs> she was wearing nothing. Uh, it was really. Any eggs come out? <laughs> Given time, uh, it was quite I mean, I feel like I've seen some stuff, right? We've lived here a while. We've all seen the various crackhead taking a dump in an alleyway. Mm. We've seen, you know, lewd sexual acts down, uh, you know, random streets in the French Quarter. Yeah, I've partied with Matt before. (laughs) (laughs) We've all seen some weird stuff, okay? Uh, This I had never seen before. I've seen random naked people in New Orleans while driving around. That happens. It's usually pretty unfortunate. This just seemed like a woman who was actually physically possessed by like uh, the the gods of dancing to just show off her body while on bath salts and uh, and to every driver who went by. She didn't pick like a a random street. Like that's a pretty busy intersection. There's a lot of cars that go by there. And I'm wondering how long it took police to, uh, to pull up and actually take her away. If anybody actually did, there's, there's really no, no evidence of that. No way the police showed up to take her away. 
I mean, it was, uh, again, man, like, just when you think you've seen it all in this city. What branch of local government does she work for? Is she a comptroller? She's a, a meter maid, yeah. She's probably one of the associates of Jason Williams who just got out of prison. And she was so elated to taste freedom again that she was dancing. And you said that the lady was uh, unfortunate looking. That doesn't matter anymore. Everybody's beautiful now. That she's is true. very brave. She, 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 she was as brave as she was high. Uh, it was quite a scene. Um, well, believe it or not, that was not actually the worst thing I saw this week. We have got another segment coming up. That's right, everybody. My favorite part of every single program, ladies and gentlemen. The worst. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumb for The worst. Send it in, Polkinkush at gmail.com. The worst, the worst thing I saw or read this week. Your thing. Worst thing you saw, obviously. Yeah. This is the worst thing. Also, like, I, I understand that sometimes we do talk about a video that everyone may not have seen. If you have not seen it, message us on Twitter. We will. It's on Twitter? Uh, no, I can, it's not on anything that you can... This is not even like a I viral think it's on Reddit. story. This, okay. I think it's on Reddit. We will, or perhaps I will upload the video and we'll get it to you. If you want to see it, we'll send it to you. It's horrifying. And hilarious. Absolutely. Just like <laughs> the worst. This one comes to us from CBS out of Kentucky. A Kentucky man. The, the, the headline for this one gives it away. So I'm just going to go right into the story. Let's do it. A Kentucky man took his employer to court. We've all dreamt of it. After they threw him a birthday party. <laughs> They threw him a birthday party he didn't want, and the jurors sided with him. Now his employer owes him $450,000. Oh, my God. The verdict was handed down this week in Circuit Court in Northern Kentucky. The plaintiff, an employee of Gravity Diagnostics, sued his employer after he was fired following a birthday party they threw for him in August. According to court documents, the employee had notified the office manager that birthday parties trigger his anxiety disorder <laughs> and that being the center of attention will cause him to have a panic attack. Oh, my God. The employee asked the office manager days before his birthday in, Aus in August to not arrange a birthday celebration as they did for other employees. Can we do this? Yeah. This is great. Yes. I bless this man. If this scares every company from having company birthday parties, in. I have endured the cake and the singing my birthday i will call in i'll go to lunch an hour early and stay an hour late i leave i don't want it no i'm i a lot of us remember the pat oswalt bit you get to 18 you get 21 and uh -huh. then you get 30 and 40 and then there's no more birthdays <laughs> I'm out of birthdays. Yeah. I, I, in four years, I'll hit the 40. That's it. Please, no birthdays. <laughs> this man is a hero. The employee asked the office manager days before not to arrange the celebration 
Then, on August 7th, the employee's birthday, the office arranged for a lunchtime birthday party in, of all places, the lunchroom. (laughs) The employee said that he found out about the party, which triggered a panic attack. He had to leave the office suddenly and spend his lunch break in his car. People used to go to war. (laughs) People still go to war. Not here. No. The employee sent a text message to the office manager asking why she failed to accommodate his request to not have a party. The next day, the employee was called into a meeting in which he said he was confronted and criticized by the office manager. <laughs> there, okay, this story's opening that, up a little. Kind of <laughs> they're like, hey, we know you said you didn't want a party. Here's a cake. And he, he went home. And he's like, my anxiety. There, this story doesn't say if this guy was a shitty employee beforehand. And he's kind of a baby a little bit. Like, I don't want a birthday party. I do want half a million dollars. <laughs> yes. But to... Agreed. But to Vamoose and then text and be like, why my anxiety? I didn't want a pinata or what? I mean, <laughs> 500 grand worth of anxiety there, huh? This That's is the good incredible. thing about panic attacks because you can just keep piling them on. During the confrontation, about the confrontation, oh. another panic attack. Yeah. Keep sta- f- panic attacks are the fibromyalgia. <laughs> Of mood disorders or whatever the fuck they're classified at. You can just say you've got them all day. You can't quantify them. And if you ask me about them, that's assault. That yeah, yeah. I mean, I, uh, I mean, I, you know, I, I have mixed feelings on this gentleman. The the lawsuit was based on the grounds of disability discrimination and retaliation. Unbelievable. I wonder what the cake said. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Stephen. Quit being such a bitch. Uh, first of all, the office manager is an idiot. <laughs> like, the guy doesn't want the cake. Just don't do it. But and the other people was, want the cake. That's fine. Don't make him come. And then, even if you forgot, and you're like, oh, shit, uh, whoops. Whoopsie daisy. I forgot that you shouldn't be going to your own birthday party. Uh, at that point, then you just say, I'm sorry. And not like, Hey, asshole, you got to come to your birthday party because it's for you. Not like, you know, the way that like moms yell at their like six year olds in the middle of, uh, you know, of, of a mall. Uh, it's just crazy. And I can't. What a terrible office manager. How long did it take for that guy to get fired after this lawsuit came down? The employee, four seconds. I, I think it would have to be almost immediately yeah. because. The, there's a breakdown of the financial uh, transaction here. The employee was sent home for two days after he started stacking panic. He was like Uno reversing them with the panic attacks. <laughs> he was like, oh, you're upset that I didn't wear my top hat that says happy birthday? Panic attack. The, he got $150,000 for lost wages. Is this guy making seventy five k a day? Yeah, seriously. $300,000 for emotional distress. I have more emotional distress checking my mail. (laughs) Every day I go outside and there's a new symphony of horrors awaiting me. This guy, I started off saying he's a hero. Now I'm kind of like, fuck this. Uh, Look, if he ends the birthday (laughs) celebration, he's Rosa Parks. Okay, like, uh, let's, let's just say, like, he's a hero if... 
the resulting uh, end here is that he is uh, not allowing anyone to have a birthday celebration at work. We I used to work at a nine-person company. That company now is 60-plus people. Uh, we got rid of the birthday celebration somewhere along the line. It was the greatest thing that ever happened. Mm-hmm. We used to have the once a month. Everybody's in the goddamn room, and it's doing the whole thing. It's beautiful. I hope this is the this is like the HR convention. They're like, guys, <laughs> look, we had to stop doing these parties. They're killing people. They're giving people panic attacks. But if I also was an office manager, my life got ruined because this guy couldn't handle a birthday party. I would follow him to every single place he goes. And anytime he sits down at a restaurant, I would go up to the hostess and I would be like, hey, it's that guy's <laughs> birthday. <laughs> get, every, get, get everybody on the staff to come over and do the hat. Happy birthday <laughs> to you! Right in his face every time he ate a meal. Rest of his life, he would never see me. I'd be in a cloak. I'd be like dressed like Dick Tracy, and I'd be gone, like smoke before he ever knew what happened. And he would be stacking panic attacks like he was in the Eiffel Tower. Uh, that would be my comeuppance if I was the guy who lost his job forever uh, because of the guy who couldn't handle birthday parties. I think this is a blueprint. <laughs> you can take the good, you can take the bad. Polk and Kush always down the center. You can take what you want from the office manager. You can take what you want from the birthday guy. And I think we've got something here. <laughs> we managed to we managed to crush both of you. That's that's the Polk and Kush way. It's not just a little good. It's not just a little bad. It's both bad always. You take the good. You take the bad. Something something. There you have it, Poke and Kush. Uh, <laughs> that does it for this program. Uh, my wife sent me a, uh, a great worst submission. Maybe we'll read it another time. But it has this great stock photo of a guy that is, uh, I guess, as close as they can get in a stock photo to masturbating. So okay. that's a great uh, preview. So thanks to my wife for sending me that one. I just really thought you needed to see that before the end of the show. Thanks, Mrs. Kush. <laughs> We'll get to that one next week. (laughs) That's a great teaser. Uh, Thank you also very, very much for listening. We do love doing this show. Please rate, subscribe, review, do all the stuff. Tell your damn friends for the love of God. And, of course, email us, polkandkush at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at polkandkush. And, you know, just enjoy your week. Have fun. Watch the playoffs. Let us know what's going on. We would love to see you at Ale on Oak. Uh, So give us a holler. And we love you, each and every one of you. We'll talk to you soon. See you next week. See ya!